Welcome to your weekly connection. This is Pastor Daniel. This is a podcast that's going to be a resource for our church going forward. It's going to do a few things. Number one, it's going to help us dig deeper into what God's doing in our lives. It's going to help us dig deeper into what His Word says. And it's going to help us stay connected with one another as to where we are as a church. One of the reasons you know, the Lord put this on my heart for us to do is that we've had some wonderful conversations recently about the role of the Holy Spirit in our prayer lives. And we had five sessions on Tuesday nights in uh, June and July where we, we talked about what it means to be praying in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit's role in our prayer life. A lot of you weren't able to come to those sessions, and even more of you couldn't come to all of them. So there were only about eight to ten people who were able to come to those sessions on a, on a weekly basis. And we had wonderful conversations where we... Um, started to understand more what it meant to be praying in the Spirit, and it also helped to take away some of the objections or fears or concerns that people had because, you know, when we hear someone's praying in tongues or there's praying in the Spirit or or anything that sounds out of the norm for us, there can be some reservations that are in in our heart and in our spirit. Uh, for other people, it can be uh, a good thing. It can be something that is exciting for them that, oh, yes, we're finally talking about this. And so it helped us have a, a place to have a conversation together. And we want to make sure that we have uh, as many people on board with, with where God's taking us as uh, as we can. So this is going to be a resource for people that weren't there. It's also going to be a resource for people that were there but want to go back and review what they learned. I don't know about you, but for me, when I get new information, it's always beneficial for me to be able to to go back and to re to review uh, what I had uh, heard, and so that helps it really get into the depths of who I am instead of just staying on the surface and maybe even forgotten. So today we're going to be talking about praying in the spirit, and. Uh, I won't be able to cover everything, so next week we'll cover more, and the following week even more, and we'll talk about this subject until we feel like we have a good good grasp of what uh, the Lord wants us to do with it. And then as we go further on into weeks, this will be an opportunity for you to say, hey, would you do a podcast on a certain subject? And I'll be able to put that out there, and it'll be a continued resource for us to go back and uh, over the years and, and, and fall back on. So let's talk about praying in the Spirit. And the first thing I want to start with is God is a God to be experienced. We're not supposed to think of our relationship with God as a history lesson, as some facts that we are supposed to learn in order to to meet criteria, in order to be right with Him. But it's bigger than that. And yes, there are doctrines and facts that we are to learn and to know and to believe, but it's more than that. God is a God... To be experienced in Second Corinthians, the second the second book, uh, the second letter of Corinthians that Paul wrote at the end, the very last verse is verse fourteen of chapter thirteen. So Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, it says, "May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all." The same word for fellowship with the Holy Spirit there is the same word that is used when it describes our fellowship with one another. That there's to be this intimate relationship that we are to be having and enjoying and experiencing with God through the Holy Spirit. And so praying in the Spirit is something that we should all be striving for. 
You can see it throughout many of the letters and over the course of looking at Scripture over this week and the following, we'll, we're going to see how many times that Paul and uh, other people in the Scriptures are talking about praying in the Spirit and how important, important that is for our relationship with God. There are a few things that are kind of, uh, no, nah, not kind of, they're, they're awkward for people to talk about. They specifically, I want to talk about tongues. People have a lot of questions about this. Like, what does it mean to speak in tongues? And, and is that still something that I should expect to do? Or is that something that's only done for this or only done for that? And so, again, I don't know that we'll cover all of it today, but we will over the next few weeks. But when it comes to the gift of speaking in tongues, uh, one of the questions that several people in church ask is like, why, why are you talking about this? Why, why is this something that we need to talk about? Things are fine. Why do we need to talk about this? And there, that's, that's a, a good question, and I understand uh, the, the heart behind it. But the reason we need to talk about it is because it's, it's, in, the, it's in the Bible. That it's, it's there. And it's not just there in one isolated incident where it happened here once, but it actually happened many, many times. And it's talked about in uh, several times too. So it's not just a, a one-time thing, even though even if, even if it were just one time, that would be enough to be talking about it. But it's something that's in there. And 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I want to spend some time there. It is a chapter that, that talks about praying in the Spirit, and the, the gift of prophecy, and the gift of tongues. And uh, I'm just going to read some scripture for us in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, Follow the way of love, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mystery with mysteries with his spirit. And so uh, there's another translation where it, it, it says similarly, it says, uh, and I'm going to look at verse 2, it says, you see a person speaking in an unknown language, which is an, another translation for tongue. An unknown language is not addressing the church because he isn't, uh, he's not addressing the church because he is really addressing God. Those who overhear, they don't understand because he's speaking in the spirit the depths of the mysteries of the Lord. And so one of the things that to differentiate is in chapter 12 of, of 1 Corinthians, so 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14, uh, talk about the, the gifts of the Spirit. And, and they're in other areas as well. But in chapter 12, there seems to be a differentiation between uh, the certain manifestations of tongues, these unknown languages, and, and how the Holy Spirit uh, works and so I want us to, to take us from here because if we just look here in, in this one chapter of this one letter, we could kind of go all over the map as to what this means. And so what we want to do is, is be faithful to consider the full counsel of God's word and look at other areas. So I want us to look in in the book of Acts and we'll see where this whole thing got started. Uh, this um, this act and move of God in his Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 2, you have uh, what's happened prior to this is Jesus died, rose again, and he spent uh, a few weeks with his followers, and then he ascended to heaven. But before he ascended into heaven, he said, I want you guys to stay here 
remain here until I send a helper, the comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so God was saying to them, don't try to go do church. Don't try to go do the following me thing. Don't pick up your cross and follow me until I'm going to send you some power. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and then I'm going to send you out. And so it is essential for us to understand that the power of God is His Holy Spirit. And so we're going we're going to see in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit arrives at Pentecost. And so in chapter 2 it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, and this is including men and women, this is not just something that was for specific leaders or uh, specific holy holy people, I guess. This is for all people, regardless of gender, regardless of their status in um in the community, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, and when they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not these all Galileans? Then how are they speaking in language that's not their native. They're speaking our language. And he goes through all these different ones that are there, and they were perplexed, and they were, what does it mean? And their conclusion was, eh, they're probably drunk. <laughs> and so they um, they dismiss it like, oh, they're, just, they're just crazy. They're doing weird things. It's out of control. I don't know how they're doing this. They must have too much wine. And then, of course, Peter addresses that. It's like, guys, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. And, um, and so... There's this miraculous thing happening, and the evidence that they were filled with the Holy Spirit was them speaking in this these languages that were not their own. In this instance, it seems like the majority of the languages, if not all of them, were actual languages of other people, other nations, other uh, people that did not speak uh, excuse me, actual real languages of other people. And so it seems like what we're seeing here is that God was was using this as a miraculous thing to, to show that, hey, what I'm doing is for all these different people. And it's an evangelistic. So it's, it's talking about, it, it seems to be something God is using in order to just really drive home the fact that what I'm doing through Christ is not just for the Jews. It's not just for my select few, but it is for the world. And I'm going to do some miraculous things in order to to show this. There are other parts of of Scripture where we see this speaking in tongues happen as well. And it's in uh, also in the book of Acts, where we see in Acts chapter 10, I think, let me flip over, uh, is Cornelius. And Cornelius is... Uh, a Gentile, he's not Jewish, and he was a, a devout, God-fearing man, and he'd prayed, and uh, the angel sent him uh, Peter, and so Peter gets a gets a vision, and he goes to Cornelius's house, 
And so the next day, Peter, uh, this is in Acts chapter 10, um, verse 24. The following day, Peter arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them uh, because God had given Cornelius a dream as well. And they called together his relatives, and Peter said, um, made him get up. He said, stand up. I'm only taking, I'm only a man myself, because they started to fall down at Peter's feet and say, you know, that he's to be worshipped. He's like, no, 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 I'm just a guy. And so Peter went inside, found a large gathering of people. He said, you're all aware um, that it is against the law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So the vision God gave Peter was that um, was was one that went against his kosher faith. That he, foods that he shouldn't eat were things that God was saying were good. And so God was saying, "Listen, what I've called good, don't call bad." And so God was rebuking Peter and saying, "Look, the things how they used to be are are not the way they're going to be any longer." Peter keeps talking with them. And while Peter is speaking these words to him, it says in verse 44, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And so the circumcised believers who had come with Peter, which were the Jewish ones, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. So it went further. God was saying not only evangelistically in Acts chapter 2 that I'm going to send this to all nations and this is a, a truth for everyone. This is the truth, the way, the life. But he was also driving home to the Jewish people in person, like, I'm going to give the same power of the Holy Spirit that you have, I'm going to give to them. Not only for you to be able to communicate with them, I'm going to give them this power. And they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. And then verse 46, you see this, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And so this is different. This is not uh, of them speaking in uh, their own language. It wasn't an evangelistic thing. This was a, an experience that these Gentiles were having with the Holy Spirit. It had poured out on them, and they were speaking in tongues, and they were using these tongues to praise God. So as we talked about in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that they didn't necessarily understand this language. This was an unknown tongue, but they were using it to praise God. So they knew that that was happening. And so just like uh, in in uh, the gift of tongues, that we are using that to praise God, this this language that God gives us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's keep looking, though. So this is um, not used for evangelistic, but this is used to, uh, to show that the Holy Spirit is for all people. And in Acts chapter 19, I believe, we're going to look over. And so in Acts chapter 19, we see that Paul goes to Ephesus. And so in, act, in verse 1, it says, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered and said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Well, what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, believe in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So this is a, another moment where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's another indication of the feeling that they started speaking 
in tongues. And so there are different times where where these tongues are being used. And it's, so I grew up hearing that, yeah, the only time tongues is used is when God will do it evangelistically. For example, a missionary would be on a foreign field. They wouldn't know the language of the tribe or the culture or the people that they're with. And God would miraculously give them this gift. That does happen. And God gave them a gift and they would speak the tongues of the people, the language of the people. And that would be how God would bring the gospel. So I'll close by saying this. I encouraged people on Tuesday nights while we were meeting at the church talking about the Holy Spirit that nothing about this is to pressure anyone into speaking or praying in tongues uh, and to make them feel like they're not praying in the Spirit if they don't do that. But there is this encouragement for people to say, look, God works the way God wants to work. And we see things in the Scripture, and there are ways God has designed us to fellowship and commune with Him. And just because they seem different to us, or they seem it seems awkward, doesn't mean we should dismiss them. So many things about our faith, they don't make common sense. I mean, the core of our faith is that we believe God became a human and lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross, was raised from the dead, and now has ascended into heaven and has given us the Holy Spirit. Those are essential things of the Christian faith, and they don't necessarily make sense. They were so far out that even those who were closest to the Lord doubted the resurrection. I don't know. I don't believe believe that until I see it with my own eyes. And so there are um, many things that we can simply glance over and just think, ah, that doesn't really make much sense to me because I haven't practiced that before or I wasn't raised that way or, or I've had bad experiences with people who did this. I definitely have heard of people who have, and, and know people who have been part of uh, churches that do pray in tongues and they have been made to feel inferior or less than because they don't do that. Certainly that's not the the goal of Connection Church, and uh, our goal here is for you and me to learn how to walk in step with God and to, to go deeper with Him. I mean, don't you want to know God as much as you can? Don't you want to have the fullness of God living within you? Don't you want to live victoriously knowing that God is with you? And not just knowing with your brain, but just knowing in your spirit and feeling the actual presence of God in your life. That's what praying in the Spirit is. We had a wonderful, the first connect group we had, we had a wonderful talk uh, conversation about how different people in that group had experienced the presence of God in their prayer lives. And some of them were speaking in tongues and some of them were not. And so this was uh, a really affirming and healthy conversation. And so um, I want to challenge you in your prayer life, to ask God for more. If God has more for you and He wants to give it to you, all you have to do is receive it and say, God, I want all that you have for me, nothing less. And um, and I want to, to know you in deeper ways. Praying in the Holy Spirit is important. And the reason we're talking about it is because it matters. It It is good to know that God is with us. It is essential in order for us to live victoriously to walk in His power. And His power is His Holy Spirit living within us. God's not a history lesson. He's not a museum. God is a God to be experienced, to be known intimately, 
in a way that surpasses our knowledge. Amen? Amen. Have a blessed day. Uh, We'll see you next week for your next weekly connection.